It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to the newest edition of the Giants huddle podcast. John Schmelk with you. Today's guest, Giants defensive back Logan Ryan. But first, I have to remind you that you can find the Giants huddle podcast along with our other podcast offerings on the Giants podcast network, which is presented by Investors Bank. You can find it on the Giants mobile app at Giants.com slash podcast and all your favorite podcast platforms where you can also find Giants Rewind and Big Blue Kickoff Five, our daily call-in show. And now we're joined by our guest today. It is Giants defensive back Logan Ryan. Logan, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you had a fantastic holiday. How are you? Hey man, I'm great. I appreciate it. Yeah, Thanksgiving was a blast. Anytime you get to enjoy the family and watch football, man, it's always fun. Absolutely. And for the folks that didn't hear, uh, Logan had a bit of a family emergency a couple of weeks ago. Logan, if you want to share that story with the fans that maybe haven't heard it and just kind of how the organization and Coach Judge handled it and what that meant to you. Yeah, I'll keep it brief. Um, But basically, a few weeks ago after the Tampa Bay game, my wife was out of town. She was at our house in Florida um, and and she uh, was experiencing some stomach pains and kind of just wanted to sleep it off and I was up late after the game doing some rehab and I, I talked to a trainer about her symptoms and he suggested she would go to an emergency room to be safe and it was a good thing she did she ended up having a topic pregnancy where the baby's outside the uterus um, in a fallopian tube and that was on the verge of bursting and it actually did in the when she was at the ER where she already checked herself in so she was really in good hands and she right, went right into an emergency surgery and um, unfortunately, weren't able to keep the baby, but uh, was able to save my wife, where, which was a risk at, at some point there. So just the trainer was Justin Mayer. Um, he did a great job of convincing me and my wife to go to the emergency room. I immediately called Joe. Uh, I told him the news. Joe said, if you need to go to Florida, you need to check out the COVID bubble that we're in, whatever that may be. If you need to be done for the season, whatever it is. Uh, keep me posted. That's for your family comes first. I appreciate that so much. Surgery went well. My wife has, is recovering um, physically. Uh, we both are. I think emotionally, anytime you lose a child, I think that doesn't heal in a day or a of week. Course. Uh, so we're still overcoming that. But the bye week has been you know, extremely productive for us to heal and gave us time to get life back on track and balance, I would say, and to be there for her. And, um, you know, I was able to play those games during all that and really focus on the team as long as my wife. And uh, now I feel really refreshed, rejuvenated after the bye week, uh, really ready to lead this team and really uh, grateful f- to have my wife and family um, still with me, have a great organization who supports me, a great fan base who believes in me, and a locker room of guys that allow me to lead them. And I'm really excited about our opportunity we have here. I feel like my best, my best ball is ahead of me, and I feel like our best ball is ahead of us as a team. So all of us are very happy uh, that your wife's doing well, Logan. We all send you our condolences uh, for the child, obviously. But um, it's just happy that she's doing well, which is the most important thing. You're able to enjoy Thanksgiving with her. All right, talk about the bye. This is uh, an odd week, right? You have the bye week, then you come back. You guys are in your COVID protocols, so you're not really doing in-person meetings. You know, the holiday this week. How has the team handled this week coming off the bye so you're ready to go against Cincinnati on Sunday? I feel like the bye came in a best, a great time for me personally. Um, obviously, we know that. I think it came for a good time for the team. We've been on a run here. We've been playing better football lately. Uh, finishing some games, closing some games out. And I think we were able to rest up from some injuries. I think I was able – I lived in the weight room over the bye. I don't like to just lay on the couch. 
So on top of taking care of my family, I get up early. I got in the weight room. During this whole process with my wife, uh, my kids, balancing everything, I wasn't eating a lot. I wasn't sleeping a lot. I was in and out of hospitals, in and out of checkups. And I ended up losing six or seven pounds, actually. Wow. So I was able to get in the weight room, get my diet back, uh, rest a little bit at night, and was able to put my put my weight back on, feel strong, feel rejuvenated, feel ready to go. Uh, watched a lot of film of a lot of guys around the league, how they're playing, what they're doing, and watched some film on Cincinnati to get a heads up on them. So I honestly feel eager. I feel just so determined to, to, to play great football to the end, and I definitely – committed my bye week to become a better player. Now, one thing at the bye week, everyone talks about the self-scout. Do you do a, a personal self-scout in terms of what you can do better um, at the bye? And what was kind of the theme in your team meetings coming off the bye? Some of the stuff you guys are focusing on to take that next step in the final six games. I think I, I self-scout daily. I think I'm my hardest critic. I think every game I look back at what I could have did better. Every practice I look back at what I could have did better. Um, it's just to keep going. I think we've getting better on third down defensively to keep doing that. I think tackling as a football team is always vital to winning and losing. Uh, running the ball and tackling is just basic football fundamentals. Is always something you can't get enough of. So I think that can improve. Not having a you know for me not having a training camp, not having a preseason. I think you see more missed tackles this year than years prior. So always just working on that, getting those reps in. I think we're focusing on. And honestly, just trying to get rid of any tendencies we may have as a play caller, as Pat Graham may have. He doesn't want to call the same thing over and over on first down or whatever it may be. But I think we roll the, we roll the dice and kind of change our defenses more than anybody else in the league. So just keep understanding what the defense has asked me to be, be in my position. And to me, it's just make game-changing plays, uh, interceptions, forced fumbles, sacks, and, and also the combination of going and making those plays and being where the defense needs me to be. And always just my mindfulness, practicing, staying in the moment, um, leading guys, inspiring my teammates, and making them play the best they can. Yeah, Logan, a couple of things I want to follow up there that you hit on that I think are, are really good points. And, you know, you talk about Patrick Graham always wanting to disguise. You know, as someone that's a veteran that's been doing this a long time and is versatile, can do a lot, a lot of different things, how do you think you're able to contribute to this team's ability to disguise what you're going to do in the secondary pre-snap so you keep quarterbacks on their toes? I think that's my biggest job and what I bring here uh, before the ball is snapped. I think I do some good things after the snap, but I think my biggest advantage as a player is the stuff before the snap, standing a certain way to make the quarterback think it's a coverage, standing the exact same way and playing a different defense out of it. It makes it easier on James Bradbury. It makes it easier on Darnay Holmes. It makes it easier on Ike. Um, it makes it easier on our on our blitzes. If Peppers is blitzing, I want to show something maybe I'm blitzing so that offensive line slides to me. It's a team football game, and I might not get a stat recorded for that, but I'm trying to disguise and protect our defense to show different defenses to make the quarterback hold the ball a little bit longer, which allows the pass rush to marry up and get there an extra step, which allows the coverage to be a little tighter or allows us to get more interceptions or whatever it may be. I always try to you know bring that element of disguise and um, it's things I've learned in my career from Eric Weddle, from Devin McCourty, watching a lot of guys on film, what are they doing, and how do I incorporate that in my game? So I think it's something that I work on week to week, and I just think that's the art of the game is how do you, how do you confuse these quarterbacks to make them underperform? And I feel like we've been making some quarterbacks underperform lately. Hey, Giant fans, get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with the Giants branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants, member FDIC. We're joined by Logan Ryan, Giants defensive back. 
You know, you mentioned how you got here a little bit late, right before this season. You didn't have training camp with these guys yet. I've talked to probably three or four different members of the defense over the course of the year, Logan, on this podcast and, and, and during the radio pregame show. And they've all said, well, I've learned so much from Logan Ryan. How are you able to step in? Now, you obviously have familiarity with the type of stuff Patrick Graham's done before, and you know, you've know you been in that system before, but how are you able to really engross yourself in the system so quickly to the point where you're helping in the defensive backs room where you guys have had to cycle in a lot of players over the course of this year because of injuries and things like that? Yeah, I, I think it's the willingness to adapt. I think it's being born in Jersey, how I was raised, fighting for everything, growing up, playing multiple positions in college, playing multiple positions in the NFL. Um, I just think it's it's just kind of my story, but the one thing about me and is I'm always first and foremost going to be a great teammate and get to know and understand. When I, the, the hardest thing about coming in as late as I did this year was I didn't get to know the guys soon enough, and I just want to know how everybody ticks, what makes them go, um, encourage them when they're down, keep their confidence up, be confident every day, allow them to see my see my chest out every single day, and. I just think the more I can understand my teammates, the better I can make them as a player, the better position I could put them in to help them make plays, the better support system I can be for them. Really develop a great friendship with these guys, which I think, you know, takes time. And obviously you see great teams. They keep their nucleus together for a while, and we'll see what happens there. But I felt like, you know, some of this season was getting just getting to know who I'm playing with. And I felt like first couple of games of the year, that, that was it. And then it was, okay, well, we're competing with some teams, but we're not finishing. And now it's, okay, we're competing with every team, and now we're finishing. Now it's time to start winning, and our mindset needs to switch. Our urgency needs to be up, and now it's time to start winning and stomping these opponents every single week, starting with Cincinnati. I have a lot of respect for them, but, uh, you know, my mindset is to go in there and win the game and take it one at a time. So I think that's just how you have to grow um, as a human being and how you have to grow as as a football player in this league. But I always put my teammates first. I give them the credit. I got we're a really talented team. We got a lot of talented players. I just want to unlock that uh, out of them. You know, Logan, you guys have morphed into a heavy zone team this year, and I think a lot of people when they hear, oh, they're playing zone, it's a soft defense, oh, you know, this and that. But you guys send defensive backs on blitzes. You guys play tight coverage in the zone. At the same time, you're not giving up a lot of big plays. So for fans watching at home, what are some of the basic principles that you guys adhere to to be such an effective zone defense team? Yeah, I think the, the the principles of zone coverage is you got to understand the field. You got to understand where you need to be in your zone, just like basketball, right? Two, three, three, two, one, three, one. Yep. Whatever it may be, you got to understand where you need to be. And I think what really makes you a good zone team is or a great one is your ability to see the quarterback, read the quarterback. When the quarterback throws the ball, you have multiple eyes on the ball. That allows for more turnovers. And that allows for more big plays. We have a great pass rush. Allow those guys to rush. Allow those guys to affect the passer. Play tight zone behind it with the sky so they don't know which zone it may be. That makes the quarterback hold the ball a little bit longer like we talked about to allow our great pass rush to get there. And then it allows, forces errant throws, throws off target, throws off time. And you have multiple guys breaking on the ball. And you got to be great at at picking the ball off when it's in the air. And you also got to be great tacklers. And that's why you have to be great tacklers because the quarterback might check the ball down to space. And you got to have guys able to tackle it so it doesn't turn into big plays. So I think that's why we're working on what we're working on. We we, we are kind of a zone team of what we've been running. But I also think we've been mixing some man-to-man in and a lot more pressure lately than we showed. And I think um, 
you know, that that's the key of keeping the offenses off balance. And I'll tell you, you guys have caught a couple teams playing that two deep man under where teams think it's cover two, then all of a sudden you guys are in man with those two safeties deep and, and they don't know where to go with the football. You guys have done a real nice job with that, Logan. The New York Giants and Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab test through Quest Direct to get the health answers you need most. Logan, leadership, you need it to get through the rough early part of the season you guys had. To your point, a lot of close games, you could have come up with the wins. Who are some of the leaders that stepped up on both sides of the ball along with yourself? And what were the conversations like to just keep everyone engaged so the team didn't check out after such a slow start? Yeah, I think it just comes organizationally. I think Joe definitely sets the tone there as the head coach. I think Pat Graham and Jason Garrett as the coordinators, and it kind of sprinkles down. You know, one thing I did learn, you know, I've always – I ask a lot of questions in my journey here and in my NFL career. And one thing Mike Vrabel taught me a lot in, in, in Tennessee – was, you know, your culture. We talk about culture as the most thrown around word in sports. What is culture? How do you bring it? How do you change it? What are we doing with culture? Culture is not who you are when you're winning. Culture is who you are when you're losing. When things aren't well, when you're not finishing games, when you can't close it out, when you're 0-4, that's when you see what the culture is. That's when you see who the leaders are. That's you see who steps up and who had enough, who brings the locker room together and not points fingers. I think myself, I think Daniel Jones does a good job on the offensive end. But I think speaking defensively, I think it starts with me in the back end. I think it goes to Blake Martinez down the middle. I think it goes to Dalvin, who controls the D-line. I think Leo is a great leader and great player as well. I think James is a great leader and great player as well. I think Jabril brings so much great energy. But I think the inside of our defense of Dalvin, Blake, and myself are the ones who really hold everyone accountable. And we stuck together through it. And... um, you know, we didn't blink. We didn't lose the game. We gave it all we got. We didn't win the game. So what? Go back out of the next game. We lose that one. So what? Go back out there. And next, you know, you start winning them. And I think that just kind of shows you what the culture of the team is to endure those tough times. All right, let's talk about the Bengals. Obviously, a different quarterback, Brandon Allen. I sat there on on Monday, and I watched two hours of Ryan Finley tape, and then I show up on Wednesday, and I'm like, whoops, I guess I wasted my time doing that. It looks like Brandon Allen's going to start Logan. For you guys, you don't have a ton of tape. You don't have any tape of Brandon Allen running this offense. You have him with Denver last year, obviously. So how do you prepare for this offense with a different quarterback that you haven't seen so far in this system? You know, you you don't know. We can't sit there and say I have I have the book on that. I wish I have. I know exactly what they're going to run. It's going to make my job easy. I don't have it. Um, I've watched I watched tape too, right? So I watched Finley tape, Joe Burrow tape. Watched their targets. They have great players. You got to know who the players are. They have the best receiving core we've seen all year. Oh, they're Tyler, good, man. Tyler Ooh, Boyd, T. Higgins, J.J. Green. It's the best three we've seen as a unit. Gio Bernard's a great pa- uh, pass catching back. But, you know, we're watching, you know, Zach Taylor, head coach. He, was, he comes from the Rams system. We played the Rams. Brandon Allen played on the Rams. So we, we can see some Rams film. So you're going to watch some of that. You're going to watch him when he was in Denver last year, and he's throwing the ball up to Cortland Sutton and giving him a chance, giving his good receivers a chance when he got his chance in Denver. So he's not afraid. It's not a backup quarterback who's going to come in and not push the ball downfield. So I already watched tape of him in Denver. I watched tapes of the Rams. I watched tapes of the receivers and all their weapons in, the, in Cincy. You just got to be prepared of who their guys are, what A.J. Green does, what Tyler Boyd does, you know, what those got T. Higgins does, what they do well, try to combat that and make them play left-handed. 
and uh, get after the quarterback and, and, and see what he does and got, got to be willing to adjust in the game. And look, what makes these wide receivers so difficult to me is that they all do things a little bit differently, right? Boyd's that guy that kind of plays in the slot. He's so shifty, changes directions, a great route runner. Higgins, you know, he's got that ability to adjust the ball in the air, and we all know how what a monster A.J. Green is physically. Uh, you know, when you're going against wide receivers that are so different, do you really have to adjust, not necessarily your technique, but your approach based on who you're lined up near and around on any given play? You definitely do. That's like an NBA player going in there and trying to cover, you know, James Harden the same way he tries to defend Steph Curry. Right. He tries to defend uh, Kevin Durant, who's seven foot, to a Kyrie Irving. You know, some guys you want to take the space away. Some guys that you feel like you're quicker and you want to you want to give them space and you can react. So when I played cornerback, I studied how guys chewed their bubble gum. I mean, I looked at every little nuance of what they do, and I think the one, you know, T. Higgins, extremely tall. Tyler Boyd, not as tall, but very shifty and effective, and could be their best receiver of the three. Uh, and that's not a disrespect to AJ Green because AJ Green's uh, elite too. So I honestly think um, what these guys all really do well is catch the ball when it's in the air. They yeah. have very few drop passes. They make contested catches. They have really good hands, and the quarterback trusts to throw the ball up. So you got to much guarantee they're going to give us opportunities, and it's about finishing when the ball's in the air. Get it close to him as you can, and go deny the ball. Go take the ball when it's in the air. So I, I gotta, I gotta anticipate some contested throws, um, and how we're gonna win those battles. Who's gonna come down with more of those? I think is gonna be the determining factor. Now you've done some of this before in the past, but you were primarily a cornerback, Logan. Do you enjoy safety? Has this been fun for you this year? I think so. I, I think it allows me. I, first, I love the opportunity and the challenge uh, to learn a new position, to play it to become good at it. And honestly, my goal, I'll say it on air, is to be the best safety in the NFL. And I think I could do that by next year, just how I work at it. And I think it really, it it, it fits my personality and my skill set of being very loud with my communication, being a leader, someone who's okay, stepping in front of the mic, stepping in front of uh, handling the pressure and uh, being smart. And I just feel like those are just some natural instincts I have that allow me to play this position, to be a leader on the defense, a leader at the position. And I just feel like it just fits my personality and my skill set of being a former corner and ability to cover a guy who's, who's blitzed a little bit and playing in the middle of the field is what I'm learning more and more and every day. And I, I think I can be good at it for a long time. So I'm, I'm working really hard at it every day. And you're doing a great job at it too, Logan. Final question. You know, you guys have played a lot of games, but you might as well just throw the records out. The way the NFC East is, the season kind of starts this weekend, right? So just tell Giant fans why they should believe that this team has what it takes to win the games you need to have a playoff berth at the end of the year. Because you got a chance. Throw the records out. I'm sitting <laughs> here, and we're not flinching from anybody. We're putting the work in. We worked hard as anybody in this, in this league. Uh, we put the work in. We took, our we took our wounds. We licked them, and we're standing back up, and we're ready to, for a fight. We're ready to finish, and I love it. I'll, I'll take these group of guys over anybody else. And we're going to go out there and rock and roll. And I'm confident. I'm ready to lead from the front. And I'm ready to go knock it out one game at a time. And it starts with Cincy. That's all we need to worry about. We don't need to worry about anything else in the division because it doesn't matter. It's all knotted up anyway. So it takes about one game at a time. And um, I'm, I'm ready to lead and I'm ready to get it done. And I'm going to do everything I can to get my best effort against Cincy. Thank you, Logan. Best of luck against the Bengals. All right. Appreciate it. That's Giants defensive back Logan Ryan. We thank him for joining us on this week's episode of the Giants Huddle Podcast, which is on the Giants Podcast Network, which is presented by Investors Bank. Make sure you go to Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, and your favorite podcast platforms to subscribe and find the archive of all of our podcasts, including the Giants Huddle Podcast, Giants Rewind, and Big Blue Kickoff Live, our daily call-in show every day at noon. For Logan Ryan, I'm John Schmelk. Have a great one, everybody. Stay safe.